Welcome back to Movie Babble Presents Babble with Brendan. I'm here with Colin. Great to have you on. We're going to talk about Star Wars today. We have The Rise of Skywalker coming out this Friday. It's going to be massive. It's going to make a ton of money. And this is a franchise that I would say is probably the most notorious in the history of film. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Marvel has made a run of that this year with Endgame. Um, the Lord of the Rings were huge back in the day, but Star Wars is always kind of that pinnacle. And it's it's kind of the peak. And Ever since its inception back in the 70s, I mean, this franchise has been on another level. Um, so I thought it would be fun to just kind of bring Colin on and kind of chat a little bit about this franchise from its inception back with the New Hope, kind of leading up to uh, the rise of Skywalker. So, Colin, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Excited to talk Star Wars. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, this is this is a pretty um, big franchise, and it's a, it's a big film. Um, I, I, I don't want to jump right into the old stuff right away, but I want to just kind of get, get a feel for uh how how big of a fan you are of this franchise so so um i i understand that you kind of grew up with it on the prequel films a little bit you you remember seeing them in theaters oh yeah so like i remember always having four five and six on vhs like the classic uh leonard malton editions where you'd have to to fast forward through this 20 minute little uh like breakdown of the movie with him first yeah um and then like I remember I, I remember like one of my earliest memories is watching the Phantom Menace. And then uh, when Attack of the Clones came out, I was like old enough to actually have memories and then uh, actually got to see Revenge of the Sith in theaters. And like Star Wars has always been there, always had toys and lightsabers and Legos growing up and always had the video games and always been there opening night to watch them uh, as long as Disney's been putting them out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be big. I mean, this this Friday with the rise of Skywalker, it's going to be like a culmination and it's, it's just kind of weird that we're, we're back at that point again, the end of another star Wars trilogy. Yeah. It feels really weird because I remember just how definitive of an end it was back in 2005 and like, that was it. Um, and, and then we're back at that point again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, before we get into the nitty gritty of what we think of all these films, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my kind of experience with it as well. I remember, um, obviously, the having the original trilogy on DVD when I was a kid, actually. And my dad, I remember he was telling me he, he wasn't a fan of it when it first came out. But I think it was the early 90s, he said he, he kind of came around to it and he had a bunch of these um kind of uh, collectibles and stuff like that and i remember really enjoying the original trilogy but it really was funny enough the prequels that um i grew up on a little bit and looking back on them i mean I, i'm not fond of the filmmaking and all of them except i do really think revenge of the sith is a pretty quality film for the most part um but they do hold a special place and obviously meme culture has given those films a new meaning <laughs> much like uh, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 3, I think that they're very similar in the way they've been treated over the past several years since their release. Um, but funny funny note here, do you remember the scene early on in Revenge of the Sith when um, R2-D2, I think he sprays oil down on those uh, on uh, those droids that are trying to uh, stop him? Do you remember that? I, of course, I could probably <laughs> tell you the classification of those droids if I thought hard enough. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. So I was five when Revenge of the Sith came out, and I, I remember my dad brought it home, um, and I was watching it, and I turned it off after that scene. To me, I don't know what it was, but I still vividly remember as a little kid me being terrified of what R2 was doing. 
for me, for me, R two was Darth Sidious at that age. He was. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I I don't see R two as a villain. I mean, he's he's awesome. But that scene, I just it's just so funny. I just kind of remember having to turn it off, and I remember obviously going back to it like a few months later. I'm like, eh, whatever. This wasn't so bad. But I remember as a kid, just I can still picture that all that little all that oil being squirted on them i mean that terrified me <laughs> but um i think there's a lot of good stuff in the prequel trilogy despite i think the filmmaking not being up to the par and up to the standard of the original trilogy i think there's a lot to kind of look back on the prequel trilogy and and admire at times i mean it's the dialogue's a little uh questionable and it can be corny at times but i think that the world building is there and there, there are enough decent moments there that, that you can still watch those films and have a decent time. Yeah. So I've kind of been up and down with the prequels just throughout my lifetime. So, I mean, obviously like being, I would have been five when attack of the clones came out and then eight when revenge of the Sith came out. And like, that was the big thing. And like we, my friends and I would all collect the Legos and like compare who had like this minifigure who had that one. Like if you had a Mace Windu Lego, you were at the top of the totem pole. Um, <laughs> like it, it was always just such a formative part and I loved them. And um, I remember as a kid that Attack of the Clones was always my favorite because I mean like Yoda does flips and there's like force lightning and, and you have like this whole big battle at the end. Um, but nowadays like Attack of the Clones is my least favorite. Um, like ev- even lower than the Phantom Menace, which that was always a dirty word in my house. Like we, we didn't acknowledge that movie uh, <laughs> if my dad was around. <laughs> like we, we didn't even own it until I bought it um, like five or six years ago just because <laughs> it was such a like such a negative thing around him. Um, but yeah, I remember like loving them uh, as a kid. And now that I'm older, I still enjoy them. Um, you know, with, with the first two Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. If they weren't Star Wars movies, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to see them. But I unabashedly am a fan of Revenge of the Sith, and I really like—I mean, I really like the ambition that George Lucas had in the prequels as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I actually feel the same way. I think as a kid, Attack of the Clones was my favorite. Now it's definitely my least favorite. Um, I, I do like Phantom Menace more now. I just think the the climax of Phantom Menace is what kind of saves that film for me. Um, uh, but Attack of the Clones, it, I think it's my least favorite as well. But no, as a kid, it was it was definitely my favorite. Revenge of the Sith was a little too dark for me as a kid. Phantom Menace, I don't know. I, I guess as a kid, I maybe found it boring. But Attack of the Clones, I thought was, um, as a kid, I definitely enjoyed that one. But now, yeah, as I grow up, it's it definitely is my least favorite. It's funny how things kind of change when you get older, but... Um, I kind of want to jump back now just to the very beginning of this whole thing because George Lucas had an idea back in the 1970s to to make this um, space sci-fi film. And it was funny because I was doing a lot of reading about um, about about the film's inception, about the start of the movies and, and about his vision and about how this actually got put to screen. And um, American Graffiti, I believe, was the film he directed before that, um, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a pretty big hit. Um, and it, and it kind of gave him a little bit more leeway into filmmaking a little bit more. Um, he had kind of some more liberties to, to go out and make the movie he wanted to make. And he wanted to make star Wars. Um, and it, funnily enough, all his friends that he showed the film to, and all the studio heads that he showed the film to did not like this movie. And uh, it's funny. I mean, they, they didn't, they, they, um, respected what he was trying to do, but there was a lot of talk about, 
them feeling bad for him. And I think that's funny because uh, there was one friend uh, I was reading about, one friend that didn't doubt um, Lucas's vision here and did enjoy it and thought it was going to be a big hit, and that was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and I mean, just like the whole process Lucas went through, even just creating it, like it went through just every possible issue you could have with editing and like everything that they tried to do with models just wasn't working. Um, like the the trench battle exists in the new hope because they couldn't get the model to work right and it kept leaving this little trench like gap in the middle of the model and so i de- like i definitely sympathize with the people that saw this movie at whatever stage of development and were like yeah this is gonna suck because i mean on paper like very little of this movie actually went right but i think that's part of the magic of it is because it is just like so much spur of the moment um just like passion being put into fixing this and making it better and just lucas's dedication to bringing it to life whatever way possible yeah and i think that that's it i mean it's kind of that movie magic i mean a new hope um george lucas was so nervous about this film that he wasn't even there when it opened he was in hawaii with spielberg um on a vacation and i I don't know if this is 100 percent true but i have read at, at places that it was on that trip that they thought of indiana jones i don't know if you've heard of that yeah i I can't remember if I read it in a book or listened to a podcast, but it was on that trip that they they like made a bet over which would perform better Star Wars or Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And then they like had the general idea for what to do with Indiana Jones or what would become Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's a pretty neat thing. I mean, that's just so cool to me. Um, but the rest is history. A New Hope comes out. It's a massive, massive success. And it sparked this huge franchise that we're still talking about today. I mean, this film became, I believe, the new highest grossing film of all time when it came out. I mean, Jaws had kind of birthed the summer blockbuster um, when it came out, but but A New Hope revolutionized the summer blockbuster and took it to a new level. I mean, you had breakthroughs in visual effects, sound design. I mean, this film was incredible. And I, and I think it's very neat to point out that this was a Best Picture nominee. This got the most victories at the uh, most wins at the Oscars uh, the year it came out, A New Hope. And... Uh, Sir Alec Guinness, his portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi actually received a Oscar nomination for that. I mean, I think that that alone, I mean, it it just goes to show the impact that this had not only commercially and and with kind of the general public, but with um, Hollywood as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I I listened to a like a movie guru, I guess is what you would call him, Uh, just like an analyst talk about how we don't really know the impact of Star Wars yet that it's that big like we've seen just the whole industry change in special effects and the way like movies are put together and marketed um and like there are so many ways that this one movie changed the industry that we don't even really know like what that extent is and that's just the film industry not to mention like how that messed with the way toys are made and and just like all the other branches of life star wars has really kind of found its way in um, but like it, it's it's just so impossible to fathom just how important and how big this movie actually is. Yeah, it's that, that's a weird way to put it, and definitely a a worthy way of putting it. I mean, that's that's something that it, it definitely blows your mind just just the impact that this this film and this franchise had. And funny thing is, with the first trilogy as well, as a kid, what was your favorite film out of the first trilogy? <sighs> Thinking back, so, when you were pretty young. I remember not liking Empire because I thought it was boring. 
uh, which is is kind of odd because um, we'll get into favorites later, but that's very much changed. But I remember uh, Empire being my least favorite. And I think honestly, probably Return of the Jedi because yep. I just like <laughs> kind of that redemptive arc to Darth Vader, and I liked. I think it has some of the best lightsaber fighting of the three movies. And I mean, the Emperor has always just kind of fascinated me as a character. So I think I'm going to go with Return. I agree. As a kid, that was definitely my favorite. Now it's probably my least favorite of the three, um, which is funny, kind of the, similar to Attack of the Clones. But I think Return, um, as a kid, I mean, it, it definitely was kind of one of the most um, uh, uplifting of the three. Obviously, the, the redemption arc was huge. The ending was great. And um, that was a fun film. But but now I, I, I like... I think my whole life I kind of have been going back between Return of the Jedi and A New Hope. Now it's in between A New Hope and Empire. Um, but yeah, as you said, we'll get into favorites a little bit later. But it's just kind of neat to to see how, how our moods progress towards films as we get older. Um, but I think a lot of kids would probably have picked Return as their favorite. And I think in part of it might just be the Ewoks too. Cause yeah, I mean, 100%. <laughs> they got a lot of flack back in the day and then Jar Jar kind of took that pressure off and you know the internet now seems to really just love everything about the original trilogy uh, but I never really grew up in that era where that movie was hated and so I think I just loved it because it was a lot of fun I remember that one being on TV a lot as well which probably helped just because I was always being exposed to it right yeah um, definitely I think that 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 definitely plays a big part to it, and it'd be neat to kind of live in an era where where Ewoks are the biggest uh, villain in in Star Wars. <laughs> um, and and just there's so there's so many iconic moments in this franchise, and one I want to just point out is obviously John Williams' score uh, throughout this entire franchise. He he's an absolute gem, obviously, and one of the greatest composers of all time. And I think no one is able to make a um, all-time score like he can. I mean, what he's able to do uh, is just incredible. Um, so many films. I mean, Jurassic Park is one that sticks out to me because even just thinking about the music, thinking about the film, you, you hear it in your head. You hear that classic riff and the same thing here with Star Wars. I mean, John Williams, it, it'll be, I think this is going to be um, his last one he's doing, Roger Skywalker. I think this is the last one, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll it'll be sad to not have him composing these films, uh, kind of in the future. But I mean, this is, I mean, what what he was able to do here is an absolute triumph. Yeah, and I think he, I mean, he's just a legend. Like he, so he's my artist of the decade on Spotify, just because yeah. I'll get like a score from Indiana Jones or Star Wars or Jurassic Park or ET or literally anything he's done and it's just so iconic in the way he his themes just kind of repeat later on and i think you see a lot of that with star wars is you'll hear musical cues from the original trilogy and the prequels and in the new movies and i mean even like rise of skywalker is supposedly supposed to have some kind of callback to every star wars theme he's ever written uh which is gonna be wild yeah that'll be that'll be something something else i mean this i mean over his career he's just he he's done it all and um i mean he's he's probably he's definitely considered one of the greats i mean he's probably considered the greatest composer of all time i mean you look at even just uh, academy recognition i mean he's been nominated i think for over 20 different films um i think maybe upwards of 25 almost 30 different films he's had 
uh, he's been nominated for. I mean, that that alone is just incredibly shocking. And and there have been years where he was nominated for multiple different scores. Uh, like like he what he what he's been able to do over his career, and definitely Star Wars being a big part of that. I mean, it's it's just um, just incredible. Um, what was kind of one of the big standouts of the original trilogy for you in terms of kind of some of your favorite favorite moments that maybe aren't um, as as standard as some other ones like like something that not everyone would say hmm, i think and this will kind of tie back into john williams but i really like the score in the emperor's throne room and just like that whole moment uh, when darth vader decides to turn uh he just does like this really operatic hum i guess i don't really know how to describe it um, but i've really just loved the score to return of the jedi and especially that specific part of it and i think that's probably why that was always my favorite one growing up mm-hmm. yeah i mean as you said obviously return also has some great great lightsaber duels but i, I there, there's so much to love in, in that trilogy and i think that it's it's definitely considered as one of the all-time great trilogies um would you is it one of your uh, favorite trilogies oh yeah it's definitely one that i revisit the most i mean i watch yeah. all the star wars movies at least once a year um, just because I kind of always have, and I've always find new things to appreciate about them. But yeah, original trilogy is definitely up there. Did you ever play? Um, I don't want to get too much into properties that aren't uh, film, but did you ever play the uh, Lego Star Wars games? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they're good time. That's a good time. Yeah, it is. Um, the Lego Star Wars games, like I remember getting those when they they would always come out right around my birthday. So I'd either ask for them or I'd save up money and then buy them, play them as soon as I could. And I've just spent days of my life pouring into those games. <laughs> Man, they're good. There's some good games. Definitely, I think definitely the best Lego games. I mean, they, they made some pretty good ones for Star Wars. Um, did you, I remember there was one game I played also, a uh, Star Wars game, that was pretty popular, I think, when it came out. But I don't, I don't quite know how critically acclaimed it was but i remember really enjoying it as a kid that was the force unleashed did you ever play that i never got just heavily into that one i was yeah. always more of a uh, battlefront 2 knights of the old republic fan yeah uh, but i did play it a little bit and really enjoyed it from what i remember yeah, yeah. i mean it's a, it's a, it always struck me as a little bit of a darker kind of edgier part of the star wars um canon um but but that was that was a fun time as well. So I want to get a little bit back into the prequels a little bit. So we have 1983. We have Return of the Jedi kind of capping off that original trilogy. And and George Lucas always envisioned um, this franchise to be a a trilogy of trilogies. So he always kind of um, envisioned that from the start. So I mean, at some point we were going to get this prequel trilogy. Um, 1999 Phantom Menace comes out. The hype behind that film was was just incredible. Everyone was so excited for this. And then, then it finally came out. And it was, for the most part, a huge letdown. Um, like, a, like a huge letdown. It, it kind of set the tone for the rest of that prequel trilogy. Um, it would have been neat to be kind of around and, and kind of comprehending what was going on during that. But but it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of sucks that that happened. And it's so much of a letdown that, as you said, it was kind of a taboo thing to say in your house, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And I, like, I know we never owned it. Um, like we had it on VHS, uh, when I was really little, but we never bought it on DVD. And then like, we didn't even have a VHS player. 
for very long after like Revenge of the Sith came out. And so I really just wasn't exposed to this one a ton. I mean, I knew what happened. I remember pretty vividly watching it for the first time and seeing all the Naboo starfighters flying by and just that last space battle with, with Anakin. But yeah, this just isn't one I was super exposed to growing up and it wasn't one that I really cared for for the most part. Uh, but I do remember very specifically a few years ago when I realized that I liked this one more than attack of the clones. And weirdly enough, it was right after uh, taking a political science final in my first <laughs> semester of college. Mm-hmm. And then I went and it was right before uh, would have been rogue one came out. So I was starting my marathon of all of them. Right. And I watched the phantom menace and like all these, these <laughs> obscure and abstract concepts I learned about in this political science class were coming up in all these like trade disputes in the Phantom Menace. And I was like, this was a really dumb backdrop to have that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like there's a lot of actually interesting political science stuff at play here. And uh, ever since then it's, it's moved one slot up in my rankings and I've appreciated it a little more. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, I remember as a kid, this prequel trilogy being so so political especially even revenge of the sith i mean um what's the quote from the emperor uh, i love democracy is that what it was oh yeah <laughs> um i mean i remember just as a kid this being so so politically inclined and it's 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 kind of weird you're right it's kind of a weird backdrop but but the politics they definitely dive into the uh, politics of the world um in, in this prequel trilogy and while it doesn't always work i think it's intriguing to say the least and i think it just is a testament to george lucas's uh, world building abilities yeah and i think that's part of why i really admire the ambition here is because he's genuinely trying for something different than what the original trilogy was and i just i don't think he really landed on all of that in a way that could make everything still feel really interesting and still feel really star wars but i appreciate them for what they are and i mean even like I think some of John Williams' best work is here, and even in The Phantom Menace with Duel of the Fates and just the way they up the ante on the lightsabers, and I love Obi-Wan, so every time he's on the screen, I'm on board. Um, so I, I still think there's a lot to love with the prequels. Yeah, I think obviously the best the best part of the prequel trilogy here is, is got to be um, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. I mean, he... He really lights up the screen and he, he steals the show, I think, from everyone else in this trilogy. I, I mean, what he was able to do and his performance overall, I think it really, without that, I think that while this, this prequel trilogy obviously gets a decent amount of hate, I mean, people are kind of coming around on it where they're not trashing it completely. They're kind of saying, you know what, these are all right. They're not great. They're not awful, but they're just kind of there. I think without him, it'd be hard to see that. Uh, that come around because because Ewan McGregor was a really integral part to uh, this trilogy, and I think it's it's some of his best work. Oh yeah, like it it definitely helps him stand out, and I think we're kind of living in a, a Ewan McGregor renaissance right now, uh, and just with like yeah, Doctor Sleep and Christopher Robin last year, and Fargo, and he's coming up on Birds of Prey, and I, I think Star Wars is a big part of that. Yeah, it's great to see him back. I mean, um. And that's the thing, as you said, it kind of made, made him stand out. I mean, uh, Sir Alec Guinness, he, he was great in A New Hope as Obi-Wan and obviously got that Academy Award nomination. But Ewan McGregor was also great, and he, he did stand out, and he he made the character his own 
to a certain extent. Like he, he did what he, the best he could with the character. And I, I just admire that. I think he really, um, re- really carried this trilogy on his back for the most part. Any uh, fun little uh, Star Wars snippet about everyone? So I have this uh, magazine that I got from the theater uh, when I went to go see Revenge of the Sith back in the day. And it was just like one of those those movie bill magazines they hand out that you're supposed to throw away. But I never did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And so like when they were casting Obi-Wan, uh, Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness, their faces have the same symmetry. So oh, like wow. the, the triangle between the eyes or the nose that you use to measure faces. I don't really understand the science behind it, but like their faces have the same shape basically. So it, it's not really important, but I thought it was kind of cool. So <laughs> no, that's that, that's neat. I mean, it, it, it definitely was great casting and it's some of the best kind of prequel casting where, where it's a different actor I think I've ever seen. I mean, it was, it was really good, good work. And, um besides the memes i mean there's <laughs> there's not a ton of takeaway from this trilogy but i do want to dive in a bit to revenge of the sith because we both like that film um you really like it i like it i think there are a few issues with um anakin and how that overall turn actually occurs i, I have a few question marks there but for the most part i think the tone of this film's right on and uh, i love love executor 66 <laughs> i mean that to me is one of the best star wars sequences yeah i so I really like this movie, and I think it would have worked a little bit better if it had been the second movie in the trilogy. Um, but like what flaws it does have, I put my nostalgia goggles on and look past just because it was such a formative part of my childhood. But I love like the lightsaber fight, the duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Yoda and the Emperor, and I mean, execute Order 66, and it's just a meme goldmine now, that entire movie. And even though I think it kind of starts off a little bit slow in the first act, the second act does it for me enough that it's it's been one of my favorites pretty consistently. Yeah, I know it's it's good, and I think that that last fight, I mean, it might with with uh, Obi Wan and Anakin there, it might go on a little long, but I think it for the most part, I think it really um, it really works, and it it's it's good, and the score there, I mean, obviously you can't you can't deny that it. it's it's great there, and it's iconic. Um, but kind of segueing here, 2012 Disney purchased this franchise from George Lucas for a little over $4 billion. Um, a little bit of, a, I think it was split half cash, half in Disney stocks. But th- that's that's a crazy amount. And George Lucas, while he's not a part of actually making these films anymore, obviously he passed it off to some pretty good filmmakers at Disney. And J.J. Abrams uh, directed the first film, The Force Awakens. And when that came out, it got a lot of love. I think that that love has not faded a ton, but I think that people are kind of starting to look at that film and say, you know what? It was great, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't quite up to the standard and up to the hype that it, it first received upon release. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think people were kind of blinded by nostalgia when it first came out. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But I don't think it brings enough new stuff to the table. So even though I think it's put together much better than the prequels, I I just think the prequels, even though they don't execute it very well, they still bring more new stuff to the table. And that's why I just don't look on The Force Awakens as fondly. Yeah, I mean, I, I just watched it the other day, and I did really enjoy it when it first came out. But um, it, it, it doesn't bring much 
kind of freshness to the table. It doesn't bring anything new to the table. And you're right. I think people were blinded by nostalgia to an extent. Um, it's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It's great to see everyone back. I think there's some good stuff in there. And I think the third act is really strong uh, in The Force Awakens, whereas the first two are kind of just fine. They're kind of just kind of fun to see everyone back. Um, but for the most part, I think that it's it's a good movie, but it I, I think you're right. History is not gonna not gonna kind of crap on the movie, but I, I don't think history is gonna hold it up as one of the best Star Wars movies. No, and I, I don't think its legacy is gonna be as strong as the rest of the Star Wars movies, and I think we're already just kind of starting to see that. But I I, I still think it's a fine film uh, overall. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of what you'd expect from J.J. Abrams in the respect that. He's a good director. He's a good filmmaker, and I I really like his work. But he doesn't come out with with kind of genre defying or expectation defying work. I mean, he comes out with these safe blockbusters that are really enjoyable, but but they don't add too much to um, the discourse or the lore or or kind of the the franchise as a whole. So I mean, I think he's a good filmmaker. I look at him as someone who is is kind of like. Like, I think this is how a lot of people would consider him to be, but it kind of seems like he wants to be sort of like a Spielberg type um, in his directing, where, where Spielberg was so revolutionary back in the day, and all of Spielberg's work has obviously been duplicated time and time again, but J.J. Abrams just duplicates it really well and makes pretty good films for the most part that are enjoyable, good studio movies. Um, do, do you kind of get that sense? Yeah, and I think... I'm just not a big fan of his style of directing. So I I haven't seen a movie of his that I've just outright loathed or hated. Uh, But I haven't really seen much that's just had a lasting impression on me. Um, And I mean, taking that all the way back to seeing Mission Impossible 3 was was one of his, and even the Star Trek movies and The Force Awakens. And I I just don't like his style of asking questions he never really intends to answer. And, you know, the whole mystery box motif that he uses... I'm just not a huge fan of. Yeah, no, I I understand that. I mean, I, I think that his, he doesn't lack style for the most part, but I think he just makes solid standard films. And I think that's what The Force Awakens was. But I think he did it really well. Like, did you particularly, like, was there any part of the film that stood out from the rest? Or do you think it was just kind of fine for the most part, like all the way throughout? Because for me, as I said, that third act, I think, was, was really heightened and there was a lot of uh, great stuff there. I really liked seeing Ray as the Jedi. So like in the in the marketing and the trailers, it was always Finn holding the lightsaber. And just everybody was kind of under the impression like, oh, this is our new our new main character. And then it turns out to be Ray. And I know there was criticism towards her, but I thought she was done really well um, just as a as a person and as as the force user in the story. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that they they had a good send off here to Harrison Ford. As well, I think he he came onto this film uh, probably a little hesitant, but he did a solid job overall, and it, it was great to <laughs> see a little bit of Han and Chewie action before before um, he was out of there. Yeah, he finally got his his release from the movie, <laughs> but I, I thought they gave him a good send off. Yeah, I mean he got his release from the movie uh, along with a twenty million dollar paycheck. I'm pretty sure, so he should be all right. Yeah, he's he's got another Indiana Jones coming up. He's not hurting for money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so kind of moving on here, Disney, I, I enjoy the Disney Star Wars films. I think they're good, but I think the 
big mistake they're making, and it's such a Disney mistake to make, is that they're pumping out. I don't even know if it's a mistake because they're still making a ton of money everywhere besides Solo. But they're pumping out, in my opinion, so many movies over such a short period of time. Like, um, besides The Force Awakens, you had Rogue One come out in 2016. And I I enjoyed Rogue One. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, You had Last Jedi in 2017. Then you had Solo just a few months after that. And then then The Rise of Skywalker is coming out here, obviously, next week. So that's five films in between 2015 to 2019. And I think that, to me, I just, like, obviously the box office is saying otherwise, but I just don't personally like that. Yeah, and I think part of what makes the originals work and the prequels work is there was a three-year gap between all the movies, so there was time to miss it, really. Whereas when you're getting one every year, you don't really have time to miss Star Wars and, and to really want it for it to be a spectacle. So, I mean, overall, I've enjoyed uh, most of what Disney's put out. I don't really have a ton to say regarding the quality of the movies, but I think it's just too much too quickly, and I think they're slowly learning their lesson and are kind of backpedaling on that yeah solo was definitely a big kind of slap in the face i mean there was there was a lot with solo that kind of um proved to be be an issue i mean obviously the release date may have been a question mark uh it's it's the only one of these disney films that got a may release date all the other ones were december um i think that another big question mark was obviously what happened behind the scenes all that other stuff um i think another kind of big question mark was obviously people were kind of nervous seeing someone take over uh, for Han Solo. Um, but I think that for the most part, that that was kind of the big awakening for Disney, that that they need to change their structure a little bit because the film, I think, barely made $400 million. It lost a lot of money uh, kind of in the bottom line. Uh, so they, they needed to restructure. And I, I would definitely like a lot more to have a little bit more of a gap in between these movies. I mean, obviously there's a two year gap in between force awakens, last Jedi and rise of Skywalker, which I think that'd be good, but you have rogue one in between one of them. You have solo in between one of them. And, and you're right. There's just not enough time to, to miss, um, to miss these films. Yeah. I think solo was also released by only coming out six months after the last Jedi um and you just i mean there wasn't time to miss things before but there really wasn't time to miss things in that six month gap yeah no you're right um and, and i kind of want to segue a little bit i don't want to touch on them too much because i want to stick to the the skywalker saga as we kind of lead into the rise of skywalker but did you like rogue, rogue one personally uh personally rogue one is one of my favorites um just in the franchise as a whole i think it works really well just showing a, a bigger side of the Star Wars universe and not really focusing on the Jedi and, and showing the rebels just not as perfect people, but just like a band of people that kind of hate each other, but are trying to serve some sense of the greater good. And I think overall it just, it works really well. I think it's beautifully shot and I adore that last fate, that Vader scene at the very end of the movie where he just obliterates all the rebels. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's kind of the saving point for me. If Rogue One was a good movie in my opinion, but that took it up a notch. That last scene and it kind of it, it's one of the best Star Wars scenes in my opinion and I was thinking the other day uh, kind of in preparation for this podcast what probably my favorite moment has been um out of uh the Disney films this decade. And I was thinking about the last Jedi and a few scenes in there that I really like in particular. Um but 
I definitely ultimately decided that Darth Vader scene in the end of uh, Rogue One. I mean, that was just insane. I remember being in, th- in the theater and the film was kind of coming to its close. And I thought, you know what, this is a good time. This is fine. But then they just hit you with that in the last little bit. And that is just, that's the perfect way to end a film. And Gareth Edwards, I think he did a great job directing this thing coming off Godzilla, which was a film that I, I, I enjoyed, but I liked a lot more the vision of Godzilla than the actual product. And um, material there, but he that's a well shot film, and, and so is Rogue One. But yeah, that last scene was just uh, that was insane, yeah. And I think a lot of the war scenes on Scarif and, and just that whole third act was just executed really well, yeah. And I mean, that that that's definitely the best part of the film that third act, and it seems like they do a pretty good job with the third acts that these Disney films of, of really concluding them well. Um, so after Rogue One, obviously, the next year you had. Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi, and it's neat because you look at the history of Star Wars, there are almost there are almost never films where there's one individual who kind of has full creative control. A New Hope, you saw George Lucas be the only director, only screenwriter, and he did the story. Um, obviously, Empire and Return of the Jedi had different directors, and you had George Lucas team up with other screenwriters to write those films. Um, Phantom Menace was solely George Lucas. Uh, Attack of the Clones was... Uh, written by George Lucas and somebody else, but directed by George Lucas. And then Revenge of the Sith, obviously George Lucas had it all to himself. Um, Then obviously J.J. Abrams directed, then wrote, um, not alone, he wrote with a few others, uh, the script for Force Awakens. But Ryan Johnson got complete creative control to um, help produce this film, uh, direct this film, write this film, and develop the story for this film. And I don't want to get into the discourse because that's been talked about, I think, way too many times. Um... But The Last Jedi has grown on me. I think that I, I wasn't hung up in the discourse, but I, I definitely heard it when it first came out. And and even today, I don't think it's it's the best Star Wars movie in my personal opinion, but I think it's the most ambitious post-original trilogy. I think that it is uh, a film that you can admire for its ambition, and I really respect Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker for what he did with this film. But for me personally, it's not one of my favorite Star Wars films. Yeah, I disagree, but <laughs> um, it's just been one of my favorites. I really appreciated how they took the story in a new direction, and I think it was one of the first Star Wars movies in a long time to really just do something completely new with it, because ultimately, like, because The Empire Strikes Back is out there and exists, everybody like already expects these big reveals and family relationships and, and just that kind of stuff, and I think... The Last Jedi was able to do something new because it was like, you know, we're not going to be concerned with that. We're going to do kind of our own thing. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I, I, I agree. And I think that was kind of the biggest takeaway for me with this film. It, it was it's the most ambitious. Um, it's the most ambitious uh, Star Wars film in a long time. And I respect that. And I think it needed to be. They definitely needed to kind of spice up this franchise and, and do something different with it. And I really, really like that aspect of it. And. Um, I think Ryan Johnson did a really good job with this film. I just think there are moments in there for me personally that I think could have been taken out. I, a lot of the creative choices that you'll see a lot of people bicker about, I'm not completely against. Um, there were a few that I was against, kind of some of the big decisions, but for the most part, I was not against them. I liked the way they handled Luke, um, all that sort of stuff there. Um, but but there were just a few moments in the film, uh, sequences, sorry, that I, I would have personally taken out. I think that um, Finn and Rose, personally, to me, they, they have a fine arc, but I just thought it, 
I thought it went on a bit too long, and and for me, it it drags on in those moments. However, I think that this film has some great moments, especially that one space sequence. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that was that was insane. The theater, the sound design, the visual. I mean, that that was mind blowing. That was my number two pick for the best Star Wars moment. Um, uh, and also the throne room, obviously. That the the, the production design on this film is easily the best I think since um, some of the stuff we saw in the prequels. Yeah, I think um, just from a technical standpoint, it's incredible. Like the cinematography and all the the set work they did, especially like the uh, uh, Supreme Leader's throne room, I guess you could call it, and just the way they designed like all the ships and everything and, and used models. I think technically this is one of the most impressive. And I think that's one way that Disney keeps really pushing the envelope with each of these movies is just doing more and more with the actual physical things they have. Yeah, and if you watch, I mean, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I like both films almost equally. Um, personally, I think that obviously there, as I said, there are a few things in The Last Jedi I don't like, but overall, I, I like the movie. The Force Awakens, there, there's just not enough, I think, out there to make it one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but they don't do things I don't like either, so I think it's overall a fine film and a good movie. But The Last Jedi kind of takes it up a notch with its uh, production designs because I think they're they're just out of this world and um, that, that's some of my favorite work in terms of just overall art direction in, in the franchise. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree on that point. For sure. And I mean, that's the sad thing because six months later you had Solo, it was a dud. Um, personally, I, I thought it was, it was nothing special for me. I mean, Solo was a fine film, but, but I haven't actually had the urge to watch it again since, um, since my theater, uh, experience a couple of years or last year. Yeah, I think it's a very okay movie. Like, it's it's not anything just groundbreakingly amazing, but it's also just not terrible. Um, but I think that's honestly what makes it so bad for me is just because I feel very passive about it. Um, like, it, it's there. I thought it was good, but I, I wanted it to be more than good. For sure. No, I, I agree. And I definitely agree there. I think there are moments in there that are fine, but there there's not much of a standout in this film. I think just for the most part, it's just kind of a, a fine middle of the road star Wars film that, um, for me, I wanted more obviously, but it, it, I just, as you said, passive, I haven't really had the urge to go back and watch this film. Um, and, and it sucks what happened behind the scenes. I don't think a lot of that broke through into the final cut, like in terms of us kind of seeing a, a big meltdown. I mean, like there wasn't, there weren't big problems with this film. There just wasn't, anything extraordinary with this film either and it all kind of felt a little bit pointless at times um which does suck but it, it's just it, it's a really okay it's a really fine film but it definitely hurt the image of this franchise and with obviously the star wars fans and fandom if something is okay it's the worst movie ever and it's it's kind of just what what we've come to expect with uh these films yeah and i i think ultimately this is kind of going to be its legacy because i think it, it does set up some interesting ideas like with officially bringing darth maul back in the movies and um, everybody thought it was kind of paving the way for the obi-wan series and i mean it still might be but it's just, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed we'll never get to see what happens after solo even if i don't really care about what happened in solo mm -hmm. no I, I definitely agree with that i think i feel exactly the same way i mean there, there's some good stuff in here right like uh i think uh Lando is pretty good, and, and I really do like uh, Donald Glover's 
portrayal of him, I think he did a good job here. Um, and, and the film, it has some charm to it. But I, as you said, I mean, I just didn't really care about what went on in it. But it does kind of suck that we may never kind of see what stems from this storyline. Um, with Disney Plus, obviously, there might be some potential for something else here or there. Um, and that, and we're seeing that with the Mandalorian. I haven't watched the series yet because I just got uh, Disney Plus. Um, trying out a first month, see how it is. Have you watched the uh, new series? Oh yeah, been watching it since day one. It's good. Oh yeah, it's uh like it's it's very different from the rest of Star Wars. And I mean, in the like marketing and just kind of talking about it before it released, they compared it to. Sergio Leone's uh, Man with No Name trilogy, and I think it re- really lives up to that feeling where it's it's all just kind of disjointed and and disconnected, but still moving in kind of one one simple direction. Uh, but yeah. they're doing a lot of interesting stuff with it. Yeah, that'll that'll be neat a neat uh, series for me to jump on because it, it's getting a lot of uh, great great reception, obviously, and critics are enjoying it, fans are enjoying it. I think that's a, it's it's really good leading into the Rise of Skywalker, and I think it's definitely helping uh, kind of pump up the anticipation just for Star Wars again. Um, so, kind of, we're going to segue now just to the lead up here for the Rise of Skywalker. And I'm not one to speculate or kind of overthink a film before it comes out. I know a lot of people do love to look at theories and, and nonstop kind of wait for that anticipation, but I've tried to distance myself from that. Have you been really keeping up with uh, potential developments or theories or, or fan kind of conspiracies leading into the rise of Skywalker? I have pretty much tuned them out. So I've, I've watched the trailers, uh, but no more. I'll probably watch when they do the, like the Jimmy Kimmel interviews this evening, but uh, I try to stay away from that and go in as as clean as possible. Yeah, no, I think that's the way to do it, especially just with how everything has been going on with the discourse with this new trilogy. But I'm really excited for it. It's coming out next week. Um, I, I hope it really is a good kind of end to the year in terms of big blockbusters. Um, it, it's going to be awesome to see how this thing concludes. But my one my one hope is that Disney takes a little bit of a break from pumping out Star Wars films into the theaters and kind of just reflects and um, makes us miss it again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I think they're going to start kind of splitting every year will be either an Avatar or a Star Wars film. I think even small gaps kind of like that will be beneficial and it'll at least be a few years from now before we get anything else. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely the way to go. And splitting it up with one Avatar film because it's going to be another four, <laughs> and and uh, a Star Wars film every year might be the way to go. But I just I think it'll just benefit this franchise greatly if we take a couple years and um, kind of let the let the people kind of want it again and miss it again. But for the most part, I'm I'm really happy with this trilogy to this point. And the Rise of Skywalker, I mean, it's got a lot of shoes to fill, but it also has just a lot of work to do to kind of complete this trilogy i mean jj abrams really has his work cut out for him because um the last two films before it i mean they they were very interesting and they took a very different direction from from what we'd expect and the rise of skywalker is definitely going to have have a tough tough job kind of landing but uh, i have faith yeah and i do too i think even if it's the worst movie ever made it's still star wars and i'll still see it multiple times yeah, and I mean, um, it, it'll be sad also just kind of going to point out 
Carrie Fisher, obviously, this is going to be the last time we see her officially. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago, and we got to see her in a pretty significant role there in The Last Jedi. Um, but, I mean, that, that'll, be, that'll be kind of a nice thing and kind of a adding to um, just, just the way this might actually feel like a, like a real true finale. I mean, we experienced that with Endgame a little bit earlier in the year, how, how it did. I mean, obviously, the MCU is continuing, but it did feel like a finale, especially with it being Stan Lee's last official cameo. Um, this kind of feels like it's it's kind of similar, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be emotional. And obviously, I think it was Daisy Ridley that came out and said that the ending is really quite something, and um, it, it, it it's gonna be sad. That's what they're going for, you know. Yeah, and I think it's just gonna be weird with her being in it, but but not being here. And I mean, even seeing the Last Jedi, which which released a year after she passed away, was. It was really awkward, but especially because this is a full send-off, not just to her character, but to the entire saga up to this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of sucks how things went, but I mean, it's it's definitely a sad, sad thing, but it, it's always great that we'll have her performances and just the memory of her as a person as well um, and, and, and her life, because it was special and uh, kind of leading into just the end of it. It's, it's going to be sad to see her, but it's going to be a, a real... Um, special send off and and it really will feel like the end of the end of an era and nine films here in this Skywalker saga um, quickly kind of just running through it what are uh, I know you really like Last Jedi from what we're hearing here what, would you have a favorite out of the nine? Oh yeah favorite is Empire uh, which I mentioned sort of a little bit earlier about how I really didn't care for that one as a kid but just the older I've gotten the more that one really sticks with me and just more kind of innovation and just uh, like overall greatness of the movie I seem to find in it with every viewing yeah I mean that's that's a good pick there I think I it's tough because I think I'll need to rewatch the original trilogy and I'll probably be inspired too after all the hyper rise of Skywalker again but I think for me as it stands I really like A New Hope because I, I, I just love what it did not only for movies but for fantasy and sci-fi and it's just a special film special story and I really just love uh, Sir Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. I, I, I love that overall, that arc um, in that film. But yeah, Empire's a real good pick. And obviously, obviously, it's kind of become the popular pick over the years. It didn't start as the popular pick, but history's been very kind to that film. Yeah, and I, I think it'll continue to be kind going forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, I'm just going to wrap it up a little bit here. I want to thank you again, Colin, for coming on. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, it was a great, great discussion, and we pretty much went the whole thing with without mentioning Jar Jar more than like two or three times. So I think that was a, a success. Um, we did a good job in that. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> um, but uh, so Rise of Skywalker comes out this weekend. It's going to be huge, and it's it's the end of the Skywalker saga. Looking forward to seeing it, um, and we'll see you next time on Movie Babble Presents Babble with Brennan. <laughs>